back, everyone, to the Quiz Up podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and this is my beautiful co-host, Amanda. Um, we're glad that you guys are back. We hope you all had a wonderful um, Valentine's Day. You might notice that this is coming out a little bit um, later than 6 o'clock in the morning. And the reason for that is is um, as I was going through the, uh, the audio portion of it, I noticed that there was an echo, and... I couldn't get the echo out, and I did not want to give you guys something that didn't sound. Uh, I didn't want to give you guys something that was subpar. So I went and we're redoing this. So yeah, uh, it's not too bad. Um, so yeah, we'll get to it. Um, before we get started, I do just want to ask you if you can, uh, if you can just share this with your friends. Uh, sharing this would be the cheapest way and the most efficient way for us right now uh, to market our podcast, get our podcast out there. Um, so even if it's not something that you might listen to, you, mi- you might not care about cooking, some of your friends might, and they might want to listen to us or, you know, just anybody, friends, family, anyone. And this is kid friendly. If you have any kids that are interested in learning about cooking, we'd love to, you know, for them to listen and to hear what we have to say. Um, I try to keep, um, all of our podcasts kid friendly so that way we can have a, uh, a wider scope of audience. So, um, yeah, like I said, you can follow us on, um, or you just like and subscribe, leave us comments, leave us feedback. If you want to follow us on our um, our social medias, our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook pages, those are all at Quiz Hub Podcast or The Quiz Hub Podcast. I'm going to try my best to make sure that they're all The Quiz Hub Podcast, just so that way um, it's not confusing. But without further ado, let's get into our topics. We're going to be talking about our, our sixth and final dry cooking method uh, which is broiling um, and then after that uh, next week we're going to start off with the uh, the moist cooking methods and then after the moist cooking methods are done we are going to go ahead and do the uh, the combination methods but today we're starting on broiling we're also going to talk about um, uh, vegan versus vegetarianism and so veganism versus ve- versus vegetarianism and uh, also something that's happening with impossible foods so yeah, let's dive right in. Um, let me go ahead and pull this up. So, broiling in itself is the exact opposite of grilling. And actually, did we talk about grilling? I think so. Yeah. Was that flat top and yes grill? Let me double check. We might have already talked about it. I can't remember. We've talked. I talk about uh, like a lot of the stuff between. Um, let's go to my handy dandy YouTube channel here and see. Go to boom. Go to your channel. Bacon this one. Pan frying. Taco Bell vinegar potatoes. Baking. Let's see. Let's click on them and see what we got. Maybe we put it on this one right here. So pan frying. So there's that. Um, no. Pan. Am I th- did, did I click on the same thing? Yeah, you clicked on the same one. Oof. I think it's the one we just did. Let's see. Yeah, okay, yeah, so we did grilling last yeah. week. I'm sorry, I'm comple- I completely forgot. Um, but yeah, so broiling is the exact opposite of grilling in the sense that, um, the heat and grilling comes from the bottom. The radiant heat comes from the bottom, and then the um, 
heat from broiling comes from the top. So as you can see in this picture right here, or if you're not watching the video, I'll, I'll describe it. Um, the broilers are in your ovens, and you might notice that there's a setting on your oven that says broil. And on some of your ovens, you can control the temperatures, and then on other others, you can uh, you just have the options of high and low. So um, what you see here is a, a big metal tube that runs through the middle center of the like the the top of the oven in the middle, and um, and it goes back to like it probably has a gas line connected to not probably it does have a gas line connected to it and whenever um, you turn it on there's holes in it um, and you're turning on it's letting the gas go through those holes and then there's a either a pilot light or if you have like a um, a gas stove if whenever you turn it on you hear that little click sound that little ticking sound that's um, a little I think it's like a little electric spark or something that's um, helped catching the gas on fire so that we can have heat to cook whatever you're cooking but yeah so it just starts up like that and then um i use it typically for finishing my my food so if i'm making like a baked mac and cheese and i put the cheese on it um and i save to put the cheese on last i might do that and um just put it in there for like five minutes and let it get nice and crispy or if you're doing um, some type of like green bean casserole where you put like uh, like those French onion, um, French's like onion crisps or whatever on there. Uh, get those that kind of even crispier than they are. Or if you're um, doing like a, a, a sweet potato casserole and you put like the marshmallows on top with like the nuts and everything uh, to get those marshmallows nice, nice and toasted. Those are um, that's what I that's what I would use it for. But yeah, so. That's what that is, and there are different things that um, you can use to, um, what do you call it, to, to broil something. So uh, there's a broiler that's that comes in your ovens. Uh, let me show you what one looks like um, in an electric oven. So this is a gas stove, uh, you know, because you have the gas coming out. And then this one right here, uh, you can see, and like I said, if you're not, you can't, if you're not watching this, I'll, I'll describe it. It's uh, these metal rods that are going through kind of like a, a electric coil, which that's what it is. And it's running an electric pulse through there or an electric current, and it's heating it up. That's the heat element. And um, you can see this person's doing a steak. And uh, from the looks of it, it looks like a ribeye with some thyme, maybe some like mushrooms and stuff in there. So, But yeah, it heats up, and it's getting a nice crust on the top. And... Uh, another thing, this person, look, you see this person doing a steak too, and this person looks like they're cooking the steak entirely in the broiler, which you can do. It's not something that I would do just because I don't have a, as much experience as I want to using a broiler just because I prefer other methods. Maybe one day I can actually try it and see how it comes out. See, this person looks like chicken maybe. With cheese on top? I don't know if it's cheese or if it's some kind of sauce or what it is, but mm. yeah. Um looks like sausages like bratwurst and stuff so yeah that's that um so that's the the broilers that come in your ovens uh if you're in a kitchen uh the broilers typically look like this and it's they're called salamanders why'd you do come on now go back there we go uh this is a salamander uh they come in different shapes and sizes so like here's one right here where um you're lowering your heat element to the food and there's th this one right here, which is the opposite. You're actually raising the food tray up closer to the flames. 
Um, I've used these before, and I will have to say, if you're using this, um, just be careful. Like, if you're working in a kitchen, just be careful because there are times whenever you're using stuff like this, and, you know, if you've worked in a kitchen before, it gets very busy, and it can be very easily to get very easy to get sidetracked. And uh, one time in this restaurant I was working at, we had a sweet potato uh, dish, a side dish, and it came with, um, you know, a big sweet potato with a caramel sauce and uh, some brown sugar and some marshmallows. And then we would throw it in the salamander to get nice and get the marshmallows nice and toasted. A um, few things. One, the boiler has direct heat, like so it's either coming from a flame or a heat element. And so uh, it's going to heat up faster than you would or it's going to caramelize faster than it how it would in, in an oven. Second of all, sugar burns quickly. Like, if even if you do it, like, over, like, 10 or 15 seconds more, it can, um, you know, it can have a very different taste. It might have a burnt sugar taste, so just be careful of that. But back to my story, I was fixing that, and I put it in the salamander, and I forgot about it just for, like, like I said, 10 or, like, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And whenever I brought it back down, the whole thing was just like burnt. And so I had to start it all over. I just took the marshmallows out and put more on there and toasted it back up. But just be careful when you're doing that. What's this? This looks cool. That looks like. This looks like a salamander. Uh, what's it called? Oh, yeah, it's a salamander grill. That's cool. So this is like a broiler and a grill at the same time. Um, you can see that they're cooking a pizza, or you can't see, but they're cooking a pizza right here, and they're also cooking, uh, you know, they're broiling their steak, so that's pretty neat. I've never seen that, that before. That looks almost like the things that they use at, um, in Pulaski, there's the pharmacy where we got the Reuben. The one with the five cent Cokes? Yes, I think they use that to cook, like, their melts and stuff. Hmm, like interesting. But yeah, but yeah. So broiling, um, you know, it's a, a fun way to do things. Uh, if you, it's like you can see right here. Um, looks like they're doing some type of. Is it? I don't know what that is. It's bread, but I don't know what's on top of the bread. Um, you can do. Let's see, baked mac and cheese. So like, see like these little crispy bits right here, or that like those little bits right there. You can get that from an oven. Um, but sometimes what I've found is when you do it in an oven like that, two things might happen. One is, um, it might not get as crispy as you want it. So like if, if you start off the, the, um, start it off in the oven, let's say you make your mac and cheese and you put it in a, a baking pan or sheet or whatever, and you put your cheese on top of it and you throw it in the oven, it might have like a little bit, it might come out looking like a little bit like this where it's like melted but it's not as much as you'd want it to be, uh, as like crispy and whatever. That's where I would just throw it in the broiler, turn your broiler on and leave it in there for like an extra like five minutes. Just make sure that you're watching it uh, depending on how strong your broiler is or how like where your shelves are located at because I do know that like if your shelves are closer to the broiler, obviously it being closer to that heat, it's going to cook a little bit much faster. And also broiling is not a form of baking because um, even though it is in an oven, whenever the way ovens work, most ovens I'm pretty sure, are 
there is a temperature gauge in there and you're whenever you start just say I'm starting my oven um, and I set it to 400 degrees it's heating up and it has a temperature gauge and once the temperature gauge senses that it's at that 400 degrees the heat element that's heating up the oven turns off and it senses the the temperature and if the temperature goes below that temperature that you need it to be at then the heat element kicks back in and it turns it back on and then it just goes like that a broiler doesn't do that a broiler just stays on unless you have a broiler that that keeps the temperature and makes it you know has the a temp uh, the temperature settings in there then you know it'll, it'll, it'll go like that but even then um it's still directly above your food so it's going to be different than uh heating up an entire area so for example um her dad tried to make her mom a birthday cake with a broiler, and <laughs> it was cooked on the top, but on the bottom, it was still yeah. batter. Because the outside was, like, all cooked, and it looked mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And it cooked fast, he said. Yeah. He was surprised at how fast it cooked. I think he said it cooked, like, t t 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> that's because it wasn't cooked on the middle. Yeah. And if he were to even leave it in there, by the time that the center is cooked, the... Um, what do you call it? The, um, outside. the outside is going to be completely burnt. So, mm -hmm. um, do not substitute bake or broiling. No, do not substitute baking with broiling. It's not the same thing. It's in the same place, but it's not the same thing. Mm. So yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. Let's talk about vegans versus vegetarians. And the differences between veganism and vegetarianism. If you want to pause this and stop this at any time, uh, go right ahead. I'm just going to kind of be going through what's on here. And, yeah, so we'll talk about that in just a second. Vegetarianism is it's a diet that consists of not eating um, meats or um, fish, like meats like, uh, uh, what do you call it, meats like beef, pork, chicken, uh, seafood or fish or anything like that. Um, there's different types of vegetarianism. There's, let me scroll down here. You can see that right there. So like I said, uh, no meat, beef, pork, game, chicken, whatever, poultry, uh, turkey, duck, fish, shellfish, insects. Some people do eat insects and bugs and stuff like that. I don't. I've tried crickets before and it's like the ones at the and mealworms. It's like the ones at the zoo. They like coat it in like little Cheeto yeah, dust and stuff like that. Cheese yeah. Cheese and like pizza flavor. Yeah, those are. I mean, those weren't terrible. It's not filling. It's not like something I'd go out like, hey, mom, can you get me some mealworms and crickets <laughs> for when you're at the store? Uh, gelatin or any type of animal protein because uh, some gelatins, if not all of them that I know of, are made out of. Um, you ever hear like those people say like, your Jello is made out of goat hooves and stuff like that? Well, there is some truth to that, but. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> Any stocks or fats that come from uh, animal slaughter or, you know, with, you know, beef, chicken or anything like that. Because even though it is a liquid that does not contain those actual um, protein particles or not as much as it would if you had a piece of chicken, it still came from those. So that's something that they don't um, eat. But, however, in some forms of vegetarianism, they do consume uh, milk and eggs because those are um, naturally produced by cows and chickens and um, also honey they 
because honeys they are honeys bees they make honey naturally just just because that's what they do and um but there are these vegetarians uh diets that do not partake in those um items so like lacto ovo vegan is or the lacto ovo vegetarian is um the mo- what most people will consider vegetarian uh from that i know of uh that's where the people they don't eat any meats but they do consume um the dairy products and eggs and then there's lacto vegetarian which is where they don't consume eggs but they do consume the dairy product so they do they do eat like the cheese and the milk and the the yogurt and then they just don't consume the eggs and then there's ovo vegetarian which is they eat eggs but they don't consume um no they eat the dairy products but they don't consume the eggs oh wait isn't that what i said no yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Ovo, ovo vegan is they do eat eggs, but they yeah. don't eat or drink uh, dairy products. So they don't eat cheese. They don't eat yogurt. They don't drink milk or heavy cream or nothing like that. Um, they only consume the eggs. And then there's pescatarian, which is where they they call it it's pescatarian, but some might call it flexitarian or um, anything like that. Uh, what's the other one? Semi-vegetarian, which is where they partake in those um and you know the the eggs the dairy then they don't eat meats the only thing that they only meats they do eat are um fish and seafood so they eat like you know salmon catfish squid octopus anything like that so they do eat that stuff and um and it's more it's a more flexible version of a vegetarian if you want to do that so um, let's see here. Veganism um, is a stricter version of vegetarianism where they don't c- even consume of any of the byproduct products of animals. So they don't drink milk. They or they don't drink like milk from cows. They do drink probably like skim milk. No, not even skim milk. I don't know what skim milk is made of. Uh, almond milk they probably drink or coconut milk or whatever. Um, they don't um, – no dairy products, no eggs, no – cheese yogurt no honey um they don't eat anything that comes from an animal or and it, i've seen that there's stricter versions where they don't even um use anything that's made out of animal products they don't use leather wool leather wool they don't use leather wallets <laughs> or leather belts or um i wonder if they use no wool is something well yeah wool no, no 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 wool comes from sheep Oh yeah. So they, they don't, don't use, use that, yeah. yeah, they don't use that. I'm not sure what they what they do where they probably use something like cotton come from cotton or something like wool wool like Probably not even silk or leather. I don't know. I don't know. Ask a vegetarian or, or a ask vegan? a vegan. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh yeah, for food, yeah. Yeah, so they don't use anything that comes from uh animals, any byproducts of animals or bugs or anything like that beeswax they don't use like mr or what's it birch bees Mm -hmm. they don't use that probably um they don't use any latex uh products that come from like um, milk proteins like casein or anything like that or they also don't use any cosmetics that the manufacturers perform their tests on wild animals or not wild animals but you know animals in general so it's more environmentally friendly however um, you know, I, I, I hear the argument of don't, 
of like you know people the vegetarians and vegans they they don't like you know obviously slaughtering animals um because you know the animals want to live too but however if we just completely cut out slaughtering like slaughterhouses and stop slaughtering animals and just stop eating cows and chickens and stuff like that the populations for those um those animals would greatly impact the environment mm-hmm. and um it would have a bad effect in that um i do know that um there's an issue with like cows manure like having like methane gas in them or something like that there's something like that so if you mm-hmm. think about it there's already an issue now with us slaughtering cows and using their their feeding them yeah, and what do you call it? Slaughtering cows and you know harvesting their meats to use in dishes and stuff like that. Um, there's already an issue with the methane there, and if we were to just completely cut out slaughtering and all those hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of cows um, would be alive, and they would be causing more methane, which could be leading to a uh, bigger problem. Uh, same with chickens, because chickens. Um, chickens. Of like any plants you grow, if you had them like running loose, they could mm-hmm. they'll eat any plant. Mm. Yeah, if I mean like it, it's not like something that's gonna happen like overnight, but like over the t- over the course of time, you know, they could go into eating like more of the seeds and uh, and, and vegetables, like the not vegetables, but like the plants and stuff like that that you know might impact other. Um, no, not produce, but other animals and other bugs and stuff mm-hmm. like that that are essential for life. So, <laughs> like, it's like a little, like a domino effect, basically. So, like, let's uh, let's just say, for example, and I'm not a professional, I'm just saying in general. Let's say that you go and you, a chicken goes and eats, like, all the seeds in this area. And this particular seed was something that um, a certain bug was eating. And it couldn't find it because it's all the chickens ate it. Well, it's gonna have to do one of two things. It's either gonna one have to go and find something and starve and die, and then that's gonna keep going on and on and on, and it's gonna have a like that, like I said, that domino effect. And then that bug could be a main source of food for another thing and another thing and another thing, and eventually those things would die off. Or what it could do is it's like, okay, well, I can't find this, so I'm just going to go and I'm going to go find something else to eat. And the thing, other thing that it finds to eat is going to impact another um, animal or bug, and then it's going to keep going like that until eventually it could have a bad in effect on the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, but, however, back to – I kind of took another direction there, but <laughs> – I'll actually real quick before we go back to that, I do want to talk about this because there's a, this is a, a situation that actually happened uh, where I used to live at, and you might see um, signs posted around if you ever go near like a boat dock or um, anywhere around the water. But there's a fish that has, um, what do you call it? It's impacted the environment pretty. Um, Exponentially, and it's called the Asian carp. And I'm gonna pull up a picture of it right now. Isn't it like um, it a is wild version of a koi fish? Uh, is that what you had? Yeah, carp is koi. Koi, koi yeah. carp. Um, but yeah, so um, 
if you could see right here, it says uh, that you know the TWRA, which is the Tennessee Wild. I don't even know what it, what is it. I thought it was a Wildlife Association, but I guess it's not. Whatever it is, um, they need help collecting this invasive species of carp, and it's. If you catch a small Asian carp, which is nine inches or less, anywhere in Tennessee other than the Mississippi River, or if you catch an Asian carp in East Tennessee or other water where Asian carps are not known to be established, um, they want us to put it on ice, freeze it, and contact them immediately. And if you're unable to keep the fish, they ask that you submit photos of the fish in hand to, uh, in hand to send it to them. And the reason for that is, let's see, it's the old Hickory Dam and uh, right there and Old Hickory Lake and stuff like that. That's like right there where we, where I used to go fishing. I've seen these fish, and every time I've caught them, or and like I'll, yeah, I'll use like a cast net sometimes to catch bait fish. And every time I see it, I'll specifically like I'll use that fish to, to fish with. Um, but the reason for that being is because these fish eat absolutely everything in their sight. They eat all the plants, and they eat all the. Um, the the brush that the that the smaller fish fry that they they use to um, use as a protection or even um yeah just protection really like imagine it like this so you have this ecosystem down there this bio ecosystem of like little fish and these little microorganisms and stuff like that and um in the spring the let's just say bass for instance they go up near the banks and that's where they start to they lay their eggs and the fish start to spawn and the if you've ever noticed um if you've ever gone fishing and if you're really observant like i am for the most part you'll notice that all the little fish they're around either um a dock or they're around um a bunch of like underwater plants the reason for that is, is if a bigger predator, which is even like, if any, it could be even like a bluegill or something like that, uh, if a bigger predator that can eat them and uh, kill them comes around, they use that brush and those plants for um, a protection, a way to hide from them. And with these fish eating all of the brush and all the plants and all of the protection for those fish, it's leaving them vulnerable to those other predators and so what happens is those predators can find them and they can catch them you know easily and spot them easily and they can catch and eat them it's lowering the numbers of those fish so for instance there was a, a lake that i used to fish at in um uh in hendersonville uh, old hickory lake and before i used to be able to pull up a bass in like less than five minutes i threw it in the spot Excuse me. I threw it. I threw my jig in the spot, and you know, caught a bass and tossed it back in there, so that way it can either grow and I can catch it again, or it can go and have babies and I can catch their babies eventually whenever they grow bigger. And now everything is just dead and dirty. And it's not only that too; it's just everyone, you know, it's pollution. I remember there was they had a big thing over there where it was like after a storm, they got a bunch of people and they started bringing out all the trash that was um, at the bottom of the lake and. I remember one time I caught a shoe, and it was like a little girl's shoe, and I really, I was hope. I mean, as now, they haven't pulled up a body, but I'm really hoping that that shoe was just lost and fallen off of a boat, because that would be very sad if there was a little girl down there that no one ever found, 
and I don't know. I do remember there was a story where they found a missing woman's body um, in Percy Priest Lake, I think it was. Uh, they found her and they identified her as a lady who went missing like five or six years ago. It's crazy. But yeah, we took a turn there from vegetarians. We went from vegetarians and vegans to Asian carp in Tennessee. So there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get back to uh, vegans and vegetarian ve- vegetarians and everything. So health um, benefits for these. There were a bunch of tests done uh, over the course of uh, like 10 years, and um, all of them had pretty much the same results. And those results were that um, they took like 40, 50, 60 people, and they gave half of them a low-fat plant-based diet, and then the other half, they just said, continue eating how you normally eat, and you guys will be the control group. And... They did a six-month and a 12-month evaluation, and what they found in both of those um, is that the people who were in the low-fat plant-based diet, they lost a significant m- amount of uh, BMI or body mass index, you know, the fat that's um, – that it's like how much fat is in your body. They lost a significant amount of BMI, and they also lost a bunch of weight located in their abdomen. And then the people – who didn't do the plant-based diet, they either stayed the same or they gained weight. So also they found that the um, the people with on the plant-based diet, they had better blood sugar levels, they had bl- better um, cholesterol levels and um, what do you call it, l- uh, lower bl- blood pressures. Like by lower, I mean like regular, not like their blood pressure was low. So like regular bl- blood pressures. And then um, they... Let's see. It said there was a some of them had a lower risk or even reversal of atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. But <laughs> if you have that, try going vegetarian. But I will say this: um, if you do, make sure you consult your doctor first or a nutritionist, just because you want to make sure that. Um, you are getting the proper amounts of protein because you're not consuming protein through those uh, those meats or those other um, like fish and chief seafood or nothing like that. So you you have to see uh, how else you would be able to consume protein, which you can. You can eat like rice and beans, but there's other ways to to do that as well. So just make sure that you do some research, consult your doctor, consult a nutritionist, and just you know, talk to someone who's gone. Uh, vegan or vegetarian, or they are vegan or vegetarian, just ask them, um, s- like, some tips to, to do that. Um, also, if you're struggling uh, with that, because um, I know I, d- I went vegetarian for, like, a week, and it was very hard for me because I am uh, – I most, of most every meal I have uh, contains meat. I like wings. I like burgers. I like – Fried chicken, catfish, all that stuff. So it was hard for me. I think the thing that got me was chili dogs. I was doing good. I was eating <laughs> my veggies, my sweet potatoes, and all that stuff. But then Amanda and her parents were just making chili dogs one day, and I was like, "All right, well, this is the day that I give up." Yeah, and yeah, give up <laughs> basically. Yeah, lack of better words. Mm. But yeah, if you if you're struggling like that, um, 
uh, like like I did. There's another thing that you could look to, and that is the impossible foods, like impossible meats, impossible hot dogs, impossible uh, pizzas, impossible meatballs and stuff like chicken. that. Chicken. And um, uh, they now before they were expensive. Um, I mean they still are rather a little bit more expensive than uh, your beef, but they are um, the prices are getting cut down. They're getting cut down from um, at gr- many grocery stores, so that way they can actually start to compete with their other counterparts, um, which are their competitors. I said counterparts, I meant to say competitors. <laughs> um, and the reason they do that is just to make it more competitive, so that way they can get more people to go towards the impossible meats, just if that's what they're looking for. Um, but in our article, it says that they are. Cutting down the suggested retail prices by 20%. Um, let's see. It says it, the reason for it is just to push it closer to achieving the price parity with the meat it's trying to replace, which is very true because if you go and you see um, at some stores, I think it's like you can get a, tw- a three-pound pack of ground beef for like 11 bucks, and then like one of these bucks right here, which is 12 ounces, uh, seven bucks. So, um, you're getting less for more. So that's why they're kind of cutting those prices down, uh, from that. Um, and also even for like beef patties or something, it's like it says right there, five forty nine, and I think you can go get like a pack of, um, and that's not even a lot. Uh, it only comes with like two or three. I know you can get you can get a pack of ground beef uh, patties for like six or seven bucks. So and it comes with like ten. So. There's that. So they're just lowering them to um, just to compete with those their other competitors and get more people to go towards the impossible meats. Their impossible meats are good. I've tried them, and I think uh, Hardee's was the first person to come out with them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... They had, like, I forgot. Maybe Star, like, an impossible... I don't remember. It was good. It tasted like... It tastes like a burger. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a difference. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? The Impossible. Who else did Impossible Meats? The, um, KFC. Yeah, KFC did it with their Impossible Chicken. And um, there's someone else. Burger P- King? Burger King and Pizza Hut, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Or s- Papa John. Someone did an Impossible, bur- or impossible Pizza. Or I guess the meats were... Um, the meats were made out of the impossible meat. I didn't try that, though. Um, I think what stopped me was you guys got bad food poisoning from Pizza Hut, so I didn't yeah. <laughs> want to deal with that. But, yeah, Pizza Hut did it, Burger King, and like I said, I tried it. It's good. If you were to get it for someone and you did not tell them that it was an impossible burger uh, and you gave it to them, they might look at it for a second and they'll just continue eating it because, like, it's it's that close to doing it. I think the l- in the first recording you'd mentioned that um, they cook it on the same grill or whatever. I'd hope that they don't do that because if they're cooking it on the same grill as um, where they cook actual meat, that kind of defeats. If especially if like some let's say a uh, vegetarian or ve- no, well not vegan, but a vegetarian goes and they get an impossible. Um, impossible burger, 
because they don't want to consume in animal products. However, they do still want to enjoy a burger. If they're cooking the Impossible Burger on the same surface as where they're cooking actual real beef, those beef proteins will then get onto the burger, and then that vegetarian who doesn't lo- want to partake in eating of um, the meat is now consuming it. And if they find out that that can be a lawsuit, and mm-hmm. you know that's something that's very disrespectful to them, and that's something that yeah, I think that's kind of why like the hype died down a little bit because people were assuming that they were cooking impossible meat on the same grill. I mm-hmm. hope they weren't, but. Yeah, because like one, because what do you call it? There was uh, one time in a restaurant that I worked at. This Muslim lady, she came in and uh, she had asked. She got a dish that didn't have any ham in it, and um, she she asked us if there had been any other ham dishes or pork dishes that had been cooked on the same surface. And we told her that yes, there was, um, but we had another grill that didn't have anything on it at at all. Like it was heated up, but it didn't have anything on it uh, yet. So we. Um, got whatever she wanted. It was like a chicken and cheese or whatever, um, chicken sandwich or something. And we put it at the other en- on the other side of the grill, not the other side, but the on the other grill on that's right next to it. And we cooked it there, so we she was able to enjoy her meal without having to worry about her religion because you know um, most most not most, but I'm pretty sure most if not all Muslims they don't eat pork. They don't eat bacon, pork chop, anything like that. So we had to make sure that. We were able to um, involve everybody. Yeah. Um, what's the word? I'm almost compliant. We had to make sure that we were able to feed, feed everyone. Satisfy. Yeah, satisfy everyone. Yeah. yeah. Satisfy the customers. Yeah, because another time there was a lady who she just, I mean, I blame her because she didn't read the menu. And I'll tell you that in just a second. Our camera's dying, so I'm going to restart the camera. Nah, it's not dying, but. <laughs> I'll explain why in just a second. So, what just happened there was uh, our camera. Let me finish the story and I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> um, so, the lady, she had ordered a uh, mozzarella chicken uh, dish and it comes with chicken, ham, cheese, and mozzarella sauce. Mozzarella? No. Marinara sauce. There we go. Mozzarella, chi- er, mozzarella chicken. So, it's chicken, cheese, ham, and marinara sauce. And she didn't read it. She just saw that there was mozzarella chicken. So, she assumed that it was just mozzarella and chicken. And I made it for her, and she they took it out, and she took a bite out of it and saw the ham there, and it was not a good thing. It was very um, – she was mad, which I would be too, but like I said, especially me being the cook, I don't see the people that come in. All I see and I read is tickets. So whatever's on the ticket, if they don't specify no ham or no this or no whatever, I'm just cooking with whatever's on the ticket. So they tried to blame me, but I wasn't taking the blame at all because it's not my fault. If you order something and you don't tell that the server don't don't tell the server, or you do tell the server and the server doesn't ring it in, that's yeah, not my fault. And she should have asked like the server. She should have read on it or even read. No, she should have just read the read the menu. But I mean, yeah, still. but yeah, so there was that. But what happened just a second ago was um, our camera is a DSLR camera, and um, most, if not all, DSLR ca- – no, I'm pretty sure most of them, if not all of them, they don't 
record past a certain time limit. So some of them are like 20 minutes, some of them are 25, some of them are uh, 29 minutes and 59 seconds. The reason for that is, is because there is a special tax on cameras, um, on video cameras, and the thing that makes a video camera a video camera is that it can record longer than 29 minutes and 59 seconds, or record longer than 30 minutes. So there's a time limit uh, for most cameras that can only go um, to the max 29 minutes and 59 seconds um, before they stop recording. There are my voice cracked. Um, there are ways to get around it. Um, however, like we're working on it right now, um, I forget what it, this this tool is called, but basically it's a tool. Um, you can plug it into your camera, and then once that you can set a timer on it. And once that timer goes off, it stops recording and it automatically starts recording again. So like, there's not too much many cuts in the video, but what do you call it? It's something that it's not really bothering us, like uh, to the point where we want to get buy a video camera. I do want to like get like a little like a webcam or something, or just kind of see. I'm doing research for it because I don't want to just dump money into something before doing research, which is. You know, I'm pretty sure most people are because before I would just buy something and see if it worked, and if it didn't work, I'll just buy something else. But now I'm just kind of like doing research on all of those items, and so yeah, there's that. But we're we're working around it. We're working around mm -hmm. it. You have any stories you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, we hope everyone had a a good week. Hope everyone had a Valentine's good day. Valentine's Day. Hopefully, um. We'll see how it turns out in November, because it takes nine months to make um, biscuits in ovens. So. <laughs> you talking about? I'm talking about them. Anyone else? No. Yeah, everybody else. I'm a November baby. <laughs> so we'll see how it comes out. So. We thank you guys for watching. We thank you guys for, for listening. Uh, if you liked it, leave a like down below. Give us some feedback. Tell us if you want to listen to anything or if you want to talk about anything, any questions that you might have. We might um, discuss it. Or um, We're still working out on how to get virtual guests on our podcast. We might do something with Skype. So, um, But whenever we get to it, we'll get to it, and we'll have some guests on. But for the time being, we love you guys. We hope you guys have a safe di uh, day, safe week, stay safe on the ice, safe or you know, just try to stay in as much as you can. And we'll see you next week.